Hello and welcome to the MICAA podcast. This is Jim Carp, and today we're going to rebroadcast an interview that Josh Hovey and I had an opportunity to conduct with the director for the Marijuana Regulatory Agency, and that's Andrew Brisbane. Now, Andrew is very articulate, and he mapped out the emergency rules, kind of discussed those, as well as some short-term and long-term objectives. So sit tight, listen to this. I'll be back with you after the interview. Okay, this is Jim Carp with Andrew Rizbro and Josh from the MCIA, and uh, thanks for joining us, Andrew. Sure, no problem. All right, so there has been a lot going on. I know you have been extremely busy along those lines. You've just recently published the emergency rules mm-hmm. along those lines. Lots happening within the, in, within the industry along that perspective. Where do you see things going in the next couple months, some of the challenges that are out there, and uh, how can the people that are part of the entire industry help to move this entire entity along? Well, I think the next step we see in this process, now that we've promulgated the emergency rules, uh, we wanted to give municipalities time to look at those and determine how they wanted to approach it. So mm-hmm. as we've said publicly now, we're going to start taking applications November 1st. Uh, so I think the big next step is what are municipalities going to do? What information do they need? We want to work cooperatively with them to provide whatever additional information they might need to start making decisions and helping them understand that unlike what happened with the MMFLA implementation, where if they didn't want facilities in their community, they just didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Now there's more proactive reactions that are needed from them to determine what they want to do. So I think we're going to see now with the rules out and our position and our our timeline sort of set forth, I think the the industry members are going to start working with their communities to see if they haven't acted yet what they want to do. If, as we've heard many communities, if they opted out, simply to sort of hold their place in line, what they may need to do to, to take a position where they start allowing the facilities. Okay, great. Thank you. It, with all of the, uh, the challenges that are out there today uh, for organizations and doing all those things, what, what are your thoughts as far as moving things along? What, what can they do to expedite or move the process and, and take care of things? Well, I think it's a it's a challenging challenging industry to get involved in, and it's it's evolving every day, mm-hmm. uh, and it's hard to really wrap your arms around where things are now and where they're headed. Uh, you know, we want to establish good collaborative relationships with business entities that are involved, uh, other you know, tangential industries that are touching on this. I think the most important thing for everyone to understand is, with the passage of the ballot initiative and now with adult use here to stay. Uh, that this affects everyone. Mm-hmm. And so there's no sitting on the sidelines. There's no pretending like it's not happening. And whether you are in municipal government, state government, whether you're involved as an employer uh, in understanding how these, these, the passage of these laws affects you, that everyone plays a role in ensuring that this can be successful and having an understanding of how they're impacted. So I think this can be a tremendous opportunity for the state of Michigan. We're a big tourist state. We're the first state that, uh, in the Midwest that had, uh, you know, legalization for adult use. Uh, so understanding how that can be beneficial, but approaching it in a way that everyone's on the same page as to what's legal and what's not, and uh, everyone having an understanding of what their role might be is, is of critical importance. Okay. Now, with those emergency, uh, uh, the rollout for that and everything, did you communicate with other states? Are you learning lessons and, and all those different things? So, for example, today as part of the conference, they talked about some lessons learned from California. If, you know, from your perspective, are you reaching out to the other entities and, and getting a good feel for it? Well, and we've been doing that all along. So okay. I think a lot of what we've learned from other states was applied 
on the medical side of things when we implemented that. I think the biggest factor in implementing you know this this new side of the industry, if you will, was what we learned in implementing the medical side and making sure we we uh, applied those lessons learned here as well. Because I think every state has, that's been on a similar continuum that we've been on, and a, a lot have, where they had a registry card program and then medical licensing and then adult use licensing. We, we've seen how that progression's worked, but we've also tried to build on where they are now, not just where they were when they went through that same progression. So uh, one, one factor that, that we considered was things like uh, social consumption, which all of the states that had legalization, that is an issue they just started dealing with recently. But we wanted to take it on right from the beginning, take okay. an approach to it, not wait until we got to 10 years and then say, okay, now, what, we, now do we, what do we do with social consumption? What can we see that our states have done, what's worked and what hasn't? Because we want to be a leader in this space as a regulatory agency. We want the industry in Michigan to be you know, the, the best state industry in the country. And we play a role as a regulatory agency in making sure that the, the environment that we create uh, allows businesses to flourish as long as there's safe access for consumers. And so we want to make sure we're doing everything we can to allow the industry to, to move ahead and, and be leaders in, you know, from a national perspective. Okay, so from a regulatory perspective, you guys are, are, are focused. Now, what can the associations do? What can businesses do to help you folks get to where we need to go? Well, I think we, we need to continue to communicate about what businesses see as, as needs. Uh, what do they see from, from a regulator standpoint that, that we have done either statutorily, uh, which I mean that's more of a, a legislative focus, but we need to have an understanding of our interpretations and how that's applied and what we do in our administrative rules and, and the application of those rules that uh, it, the industry feels as though is burdensome. And what's really helpful is that they have ideas when they approach us with problems that they see. Everybody's willing to <laughs> say what the problems might be, what's impacting profits, but what a solution to that might be that still allows us to meet that other arm of our mission, which is protecting consumers. Um, we want to make sure that anything that's, you know, could be a business-friendly approach, there's no trade-off for consumer safety on the back end of that. So, and I think, you know, the, the association and, and most of the folks we work with, they want to be willing partners. Mm -hmm. in, in the end, anything negative about this industry, I think, is, is bad for all of us. Right. It's, it's, this is about changing mindsets and allowing this business, uh, businesses in the cannabis space to operate as normalized businesses in the state. And so any sort of negative feedback, whether that's about the regulatory agency, whether that's about the laws in place, whether that's about industry operators, makes it a challenge for all of us to continue to move this conversation in a productive direction. And okay. that's really something that we as an association have really appreciated with Director Brisbane. And he's had an open door, um, always willing to listen to the concerns of the industry. and. And that, that translates right on up to the governor's office as well. And we've, we've been able to establish a really great relationship with uh, both offices and, and have a great collaboration because the end, at the end of the day, we want the same thing that the state does. We want a successful industry, but we want it to be responsibly regulated and that consumers are protected. So it's, it's great that everyone's on the same page and that we can all work together and make sure that this is done right. Okay, so, so with that synergies then, if you were to say 90, 120 days out, what, what's on the agenda? and where are things headed and what can we expect? So a few months from now, we'll start taking those applications and we'll start seeing businesses licensed. Uh, and I think with uh, some of the provisions of the statute that restrict eligibility uh, for a lot of the licenses to those already licensed on the medical side, we're gonna see licenses issued within that first month that we start taking applications. Okay. Uh, you know, whether that turns into active facilities that quickly, that, that's, a different, that's a different argument. But um, I think we're gonna see a lot of activity. Uh, I think we're gonna hear a lot of questions, get a lot of feedback. Uh, in the next couple of months. Uh, but I think things are gonna move forward very quickly. And we've got some additional license types that we defined in the rules. So we've got a program I think that addresses all of those 
issues that are present in Michigan, all of those new issues that other states have dealt with. We talk about social consumption and special events and things like that, uh, looking at opportunities to create um, for, the, for the suppliers to have uh, adequate uh, ca license cap space to make sure that the industry can be supplied in the regulated market. Uh, as, as Josh was saying, ultimately, we all have the same goals. And one of those goals is to allow the regulated market to succeed to an extent that the black market doesn't succeed. Absolutely. And yeah, I think we try to be thoughtful in our approach to make sure that that happens. And we're going to closely monitor how things evolve because we also don't want this quick shift over to the adult use market that leaves the medical market wanting. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the statute contemplated that and, and helps us to, to do that. But I know that uh, everyone we talk to from the advocacy side, from the industry side, wants to continue to provide access to patients as well. Uh, so that, that's going to be something that we're monitoring closely. And I'm sure there are things that, that we, uh, in retrospect, will have seen. We could have done a different way that might have worked a little better. But I, we like to be very measured in our approach because I think some of the things we've learned as, as we implement programs, and as we've done so on the medical side, is that if you overreact too quickly, you cause more problems than you do solutions. So okay. we want to let things, let things breathe, let the program start to exist, and see where we can make changes and work cooperatively with the industry to understand what their needs are and make sure that as we're making changes, beneficial for the industry as well as for the citizens of the state. Okay. So, Andrew, you, you talked about um, the medical marijuana companies transitioning into the adult use market. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that would work as the rules are laid out so far? Yeah, so we tried to create an environment in the rules where uh, you know we anticipate most facility operators in the medical space will want to get into the adult use space and will want to use their existing facilities to do that. Uh, so we try to create an atmosphere where the requirements are as similar as possible, uh, that we only maintain statutory differences for requirements where those are expressly in the statute, so that it'll be easy for them to roll that operation into the expanded uh, adult use market. One of the things we're going to work on in the short term that my enforcement team is building out now are inspection criteria for anyone that's, that has an existing medical facility, so that they know as they're preparing their facility whether they need to make changes and if so, specifically what, so that they can pass the inspections. Yeah. I think that's really gonna help move things along quickly and get them in a place where they can, can get open and operational in the adult use market as quickly as possible. How about the, tr the plant transition? How, how, how will that work? So we, we have the ability in the rules to open up a window in which uh, operators in the medical market can transition some of their plants to their commonly owned uh, equivalent licenses that they have in the adult use market. What's, what we're not sure of yet is whether the supply in the medical market will allow for that transition. And as I said before, one of the things we want to closely monitor is that we don't uh, degrade the medical market so much that it doesn't exist, you know, for the sake of expanding things into adult use. So, you know, we're hopeful we see we see trends toward greater supply in the medical market. So if that continues, there's a hope that that we will allow at least for some amount of transition of inventory from existing medical license holders into the adult use market. So they're not starting from scratch. So you, <clears throat> you rolled out the uh, emergency rules, and have you received a lot of feedback? And do you anticipate uh, what are the next steps as far as that goes? Uh, I haven't received a ton of feedback. I mean, we, we've done some, it's, I think it's been more messaging at this point, making sure everyone's aware of what those are. Uh, it's, it is 63 pages, and it just mm -hmm. went out last week, so it's a lot of reading to do and you know, synthesizing that information. I like to think that we didn't put anything in them that's incredibly surprising. I think some of the new license types and the way we approach things uh, weren't completely known to everyone, but uh, they were issues that I think everyone assumed we were going to tackle. Uh, 
but overwhelmingly, I think the feedback has been positive. Uh, I'd said all along that we were going to try and not put anything in that, that made for a complex environment change a lot of the standards that facility operators were used to operating under. So I think continuing to amplify that message, get it out to the right people, um, look toward municipalities and ensuring that they are taking action to determine how they want to approach it. Uh, I think our scenario we're really trying to avoid is that we start getting applications from facilities in municipalities that haven't acted yet. Uh, that's going to create a, a challenging environment. So I think municipalities are our next target in terms of getting information out. And then a big piece that, that's coming out soon, probably later this month, is the, is the social equity plan, as it's known. Uh, that's addressing the provision in the statute about creating a plan to positively uh, impact communities that were disproportionately impacted by marijuana prohibition and enforcement. So that's a big piece of what we're doing. We have staff that are dedicated to that social equity program and implementing those provisions. So that, that's going to be uh, another big issue that we're working on as we approach November. All right, fabulous. Final thoughts or comments? Uh, yeah, I just encourage people to, to take a look at what's going on, visit our website, sign up for our email blast so they can stay in tune with everything that's going on. Uh, you know, we really try and do a good job communicating you know, through podcasts such as this, all the, all the alternative media that are out there now to get the messages out. But occasionally, it still feels like we're not quite hitting the right people with some of this messaging. So, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to provide communication any way we can and be collaborative. Uh, we don't, I've often said that I can't regulate in a vacuum. I don't know everything. And uh, I don't want to assume that every decision I would make is the right decision. So we like to get feedback. We're committed to, to having work groups. Uh, we're going to continue to do that moving forward so we can gain input of stakeholders across the board. Uh, and we need to hear that diversity of perspective and get all those uh, thoughtful people in the same room so they can counter off each other and we can get a good sense of uh, the, the most uh, intelligent approaches to the way we implement things. Well, that's fabulous. Thank you for your leadership, and we're very optimistic for the future. Great. We are, too. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, gentlemen. The goal here for the MICIA, as well as Raymond, is to add as much value as possible. We know the industry is moving very quickly here. And as you can see with this interview with Andrew Brisbane, there's a lot that's happening right now. So stay tuned to this station with the podcast. As soon as information comes out and is available, we'll be getting that information out to you. Feel free to reach out to us, and we'll look forward to talking to you in the near future.